Welcome to GB Cool Content. In this episode, we're talking about uveitis. Uh, so in this one, I found this one the most uh, lengthy kind of to get through. A lot of info. Uh, I've had to really pair this right back um, to try and keep it down to a sort of reasonable time frame. But it's definitely worth um, after this doing a bit more reading on uveitis and all the different kind of types of uveitis. In this one, we're really just going to focus on acute anterior uveitis, but there are a lot of other different types of uveitis. So as background, uveitis is basically inflammation of the uveal tract, with or without inflammation of the neighbouring structures like the retina or the vitreous. It really covers a diverse group of conditions, um, which all lead to the common endpoint of intraocular inflammation. Uveitis is estimated to cause approximately 10% of severe visual impairment, making it one of the leading causes of preventable severe visual loss in developed countries. The prevalence of uveitis is about 50 per 100,000, mean onset of about 30 years of age. Most people are between 20 and 50. Uh, and interestingly, the epidemiology varies with geographical location. So Finland has one of the highest incidents of uveitis, and it's thought to be because of the high frequency of HLA-B27 spondyloopathy amongst that population. So it's worth quickly uh, discussing the anatomy of the uveal tract, and it's worth looking at a picture to get a better idea of what we're talking about. So the uveal tract is basically uh, the pigmented middle layer of three concentric layers that make up the eye. It lies between the sclera and the retina, and it consists of three discrete kind of organs within the eye. And that's the iris, the ciliary body, and the choroid. And remembering that the choroid lies underneath the retina and um, travels right back to the posterior part of the eyeball, right next to the optic nerve. So it's not one discrete organ, but it extends from the anterior aspect of the globe all the way back to the posterior aspect of the globe. Um, which is why when we talk about anatomic distribution that becomes important because really um, anterior, intermediate and posterior uveitis are all kind of discrete entities. So anterior uveitis really is described, describing inflammation of the iris. It's also referred to as iritis, iridocyclitis or anterior cyclitis. And anterior uveitis, or iritis, accounts for approximately 90% of uveitis as seen in primary care settings. Intermediate uveitis affects the vitreous in the posterior part of the ciliary body. So the back of the ciliary body. It's also referred to as pars planitis, or posterior cyclitis. Uh, or referred to as hyalitis, where the inflammation involves only the anterior portion of the vitreous. It accounts for about 4-8% of all uveitis. Posterior uveitis describes inflammation of the choroid, so around the back. It's also referred to as choroiditis or as chororetinitis if the retina is also involved. It may also affect the retinal blood vessels, which gives rise to retinal vasculitis, and it comprises about 15 to 22%. And panuveitis describes inflammation of all of those structures all throughout the uveal tract. It's more common than intermediate, but less than posterior, so say about 10%. So in the case today, we have a patient, Barry. He's a 35-year-old man who presents with sudden onset of right eye, severe eye pain. It's worse when he tries to read. He has tearing of his eye, 
photophobia in that eye and a headache. And he's got a history of back pain for the last year, which he hasn't sought treatment for. So what are the features of, key features of history in uveitis? So from here on, we're only really going to talk about acute anterior uveitis. So the key features of history in acute anterior uveitis are that it's usually unilateral. You've got pain, redness, and photophobia. Eye pain worse when trying to read. Progressive, occurring over a few hours to days. Blurred vision, watery eyes, associated headache. And not all symptoms may be present at the start of an attack. So what are the key features in examination in acute anterior uveitis? So in this condition you want to make sure you're doing a dilated fundoscopic exam and a slit lamp exam. The key features of exam that you'll see will be a painful red eye. You'll see synechiae or iris nodules, which is what gives you that irregular iris appearance. And the pupil may react sluggishly. You'll have photophobia. Visual acuity may be reduced, uh, tearing or watery discharge, might see some lid puffiness and eyelid drooping. So in terms of specifics, VA may be affected, it certainly should be checked. The external eye is normally normal, apart from some lid puffiness and eyelid drooping. The conjunctivae typically have 360 degrees perilimbal injection, which is more intense close to the limbus. Uh, it's noting that this is the reverse of the pattern seen in conjunctivitis, which is where the most severe inflammation occurs further from the limbus. Pupils, there may be direct photophobia, maybe consensual photophobia. You might see meiosis, and reaction will be sluggish. In the iris, you may see anterior posterior synechiae, which is where you see that irregularly shaped iris as a result of inflammation. Um, it's noting that the sneakyase um, is one of the leading causes of secondary glaucoma. And you might see iris nodules, so little old nodules um, on the inside of the iris, and you might see those more in uh, some of the causes of uveitis, such as sarcoidosis or TB, syphilis. In the cornea, you want to look for something called keratic precipitates. Um, so one thing we didn't talk about before, that there's also granulomatous and non-granulomatous uveitis. So keratic precipitates are inflammatory cells clumped together on the posterior part of the cornea as little white spots. And when you see these large and granular or greasy, you describe that as granulomatous uveitis. You might see ciliary flush, which is a violaceous ring around the cornea. You might see corneal edema. You might see lens changes, so opacities, uh, which is commonly secondary to steroid use. In the anterior chamber, um, it may look hazy with a slit lamp, and if severe, it disperses the light beam, causing flare. You might see white or red blood cells in that anterior chamber, so hypopion or hyphema. The severity of the uveitis is graded by the number of the cells seen in the anterior chamber, particularly red cells um, or white cells, not sure. Anyway, 
It's graded by the severity, ranging from zero with no cell seen to plus four, which is 50 cells seen. I think it's red cells. Hyperpine might be present if there's significant inflammation. You might see vitreous inflammatory cells back in the vitreous, which if you see those clumped together, that suggests posterior uveitis. Towards the back of the globe, you might see retinitis on the retina or macular edema, near vascularization or macular holes, and that would all be associated with posterior uveitis. In the optic disc, you might see disc inflammation, cupping or papillitis. Intraocular pressure is most often decreased owing to impaired production of aqueous. However, in some infective conditions, such as herpetic uveitis or toxoplasmosis, it's increased. So what are the common causes of anterior uveitis? So the common causes can be broken down into idiopathic, infective, and autoimmune. Idiopathic is the most common cause. Infectious causes include TB, syphilis, HSV, and varicella. And the autoimmune causes include the seronegative spondyloarthropathies, which are really HLA-B27 associated diseases. And IBD and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. The seronegative spondyloarthropathies include ankylosing spondylitis, acute anterior uveitis, which is what we're talking about here, psoriatic arthritis, and Reiter's syndrome. So what are the differential diagnoses if you're seeing a unilateral painful red eye? So you want to think of the other causes of unilateral painful red eye, and that would include things like scleritis or episcleritis, keratitis or corneal ulcerations, conjunctivitis, acute angle closure glaucoma, corneal trauma or corneal foreign bodies. And I guess in the differentials you want to consider the other types of uveitis as well, so intermediate or posterior uveitis. So what are the key investigations you want to consider in acute anterior uveitis? So normally, a first episode of mild unilateral non-granulomatous acute uveitis can be, caused, can be diagnosed by history and clinical examination alone. You might want to consider uh, serology or other investigations if um, you think about a known systemic disease. Imaging may be useful if you have a posterior disease in order to assess the site or severity. And techniques include fluorescein angiography and optical coherence tomography, or OCT. If you do do investigations, um, which you won't because you'll probably refer to ophthalmology at this point, they may include uh, full blood count and ESR, looking for autoimmune diseases with HLA-B27 typing, ANA, um, uh, rheumatic rheumatoid factor and anti-CCP, and you might want to think about sacroiliac and spinal x-ray if you're thinking about ankylosing spondylitis, um, which you would consider in this case. Other investigations would include 
looking for sarcoidosis with um, serum ACE and chest X-ray, syphilis with um, BDRL, TB with MAN2 test and chest X-ray, and HIV testing. And you can get a sample of the aqueous or vitreous if you're suspecting infection or malignancy, which again the ophthalmologist would do. So management really revolves around referring people with suspected uveitis to an ophthalmologist within 24 hours. It's important to really get your diagnosis right if you were to commence care. And it's probably preferable not to do that in primary care unless asked to do so. Because delay in appropriate management can lead to the development of significant complications and irreversible loss of vision. The overall aims of treatment are to control the inflammation and pain, treat any infection, prevent visual loss and minimise the long-term complications of the disease and its treatment. The medications which can be commenced by ophthalmology would include things like cyclopedic drugs, so cyclopentylate 1%, um, corticosteroids, which you can use topically in anterior uveitis, but otherwise you have to use orally, or intraocular injection or periocular injection. Immunosuppressors such as cyclosporin, tacrolimus, and methotrexate, and antibiotics topically or orally if you have any infected cause of uveitis. But again, all of those things would be done by the ophthalmologist, and really the key feature of management in acute uveitis would be referral to ophthalmology. What are the complications of acute anterior uveitis or uveitis generally? So as a concept, uveitis causes vision loss, cataracts, and often glaucoma if treatment is delayed or not provided. The main complication of uveitis is visual loss. As a result of a couple of causes, the most leading causes being cystoid macular edema or secondary cataract. Acute rise in intraocular pressure with or without glaucoma, either as a direct consequence of inflammatory process or secondary to steroid treatment is one of the complications of uveitis. Other complications include vitreous opacities, retinal detachment, neovascularization of the retina, optic nerve or iris, macular ischemia, vascular occlusions and optic neuropathy, and posterior synechiae are a common complication of anterior uveitis, um, which are a leading cause of secondary glaucoma. So overall, what is the prognosis of anterior uveitis? So anterior uveitis can be a self-limiting condition. With prompt and effective treatment, there's usually a good visual outcome. So 91% of patients would retain normal vision. Relapse after the first episode is very common, particularly in younger patients, 18 to 35. Recurrence rates as high as 66% have been reported. Cool. So that's it for... Uh, uveitis. We've really just focused on anti acute anterior uveitis. Haven't talked at all about intermediate uveitis or posterior uveitis or chronic uveitis um, and haven't really discussed granulomatous versus non-granulomatous uveitis just in an effort to try and keep this to a manageable time frame. 
but it's worth looking into those other types of uveitises separately. The next one I'd focus on would just be posterior uveitis. Cool, thanks for listening as always. Um, all this content is original, the questions and answer keys are original, um, but derived from reputable sources with all the sources available on request. Uh, this is all our ACGP uh, exam confidentiality policy compliant. And as always, don't rely on this for your examinations and don't rely on this as medical advice. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>